TGIF, but for the Blue Jays, the pitching doesn't get any easier as they head to Minnesota for a weekend series with the Minnesota Twins who have a top-tier pitching staff. And joining us today to deep dive and get us set for this weekend series is the patriarch of the Toronto Blue Jay fan base, Blue Jay Dad. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Yes, indeed. Locked On Blue Jays. And I'm thankful that you're choosing to spend part of your day talking Toronto Blue Jay baseball with me. want to shout out some of our new subscribers on our Locked On Blue Jay YouTube channel. I had a college kid. I see you there. Uh, Ghost E. Anoise. Ghost E. Anoise. I'm probably nowhere close. Spell it for me phonetically in, in, in the comments, please. But thank you for hitting that subscribe button. Great to have you along for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jay season. I'm seeing uh, more and more comments from people as well. Uh, Mike F., uh, uh, Renee Lassard, uh, I see you, and I thank you for, for interacting with me as well. The Toronto Blue Jays head into Minnesota, into Target Field, a ballpark that doesn't give up a lot of home runs, and a Minnesota Twins pitching staff that doesn't give up any home runs. So we'll see what the offense can do this weekend. Let's jump into our conversation with the, the patriarch of the Blue Jay fan base, Blue Jays' dad. He lives out in Minnesota. He's in the midst of that fan base. He's in the middle of things there. He's going to help get us set for this weekend. Locked on Blue Jays, Craig Ballard with you here. Very pleased, very pleased to be joined by the patriarch of the Toronto Blue Jay fan base. Uh, certainly on Twitter, but I think it probably extends even a little bit further than that. The the one and the only, don't even know what this gentleman's real name is. There's no need to know what this gentleman's real name is because he goes by Blue Jay's dad. Blue Jay's dad, thanks for joining the Locked on Blue Jay podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me, Craig, and thanks for being one of the hardest working content creators wow. to Blue Jays online. Thank you. I really coming from you, Blue Jays dad. That means a lot. I, I really appreciate you saying that. And uh, no, I really, I, I could, uh, I could go on about that, Blue Jays dad. But words like that really mean a lot to me. So I want to thank you for that. Now we're we definitely. I mean, we want to get into this weekend series, Blue Jays Minnesota. Yes, absolutely. But I, oh, I feel like, yeah. Well, I feel like there's some housekeeping that needs to be done first here, Blue Jays dad, because going to need to have to explain the the winding roads, the ins and outs. How is the patriarch of the Toronto Blue Jay fan base living nowhere close to Toronto? Not, not even living in Canada, Blue Jay's dad. What, 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 what's the, <laughs> tell us about your journey there. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Ontario. Um, and then uh, after 16 years of our marriage at Mrs. Blue Jay's dad and I, our marriage, uh, we moved to the Pacific Northwest where she's from. And so wow. we lived there for four years and then um, as kind of, a, you know, in between closer to my family um, and still in the U.S., um, we moved to Minnesota. We actually just came here thinking, you know, it may, may not be permanent, but we ended up uh, loving the Midwest. And I mean, wow. just last night had a softball doubleheader uh, at 8.15 and 9.15, beautiful summer, spring evening under the lights. I just love it here in the Midwest. Sounds awesome. Sounds absolutely awesome. And now, Blue Jays dad, it, I, I always like to ask my guests this. I, I just like to get an idea of of what sort of things uh, they're looking for. What sort of things do, do, do they covet, from, especially from the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays, who I know it's like literally a last place team right now. I know the offense has scuffled, you know, notwithstanding the 20 the other night. But, right, I know, but you know, overall, if I, I've had the struggles, yes. I still think at the end of the day, it, it's not early, but at the end of the day, I'm still not knocked off of my Blue Jays being a very legitimate World Series contender stance. Let, let, let's put it that way. Right. If I were to say to you, Blue Jays dad, that, that I've actually come back from the future and I've actually seen that the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays do win 
the World Series. What's your what's your immediate instinct on that? So, well, Craig, if that's the case, then X must have gone really well. What's the X for you, Blue Jays dad? Oh, the X is uh, people playing up to their potential mm. and uh, and the management uh, knowing uh, who to put to the forefront when it comes to you know your last uh, two to three people in the lineup and your bench. So th- that's what it boils down to me. You know, I think back to the 1993. World Series champion Blue Jays. Do you remember who were their bottom three in their order? It was uh, Tony Fernandez, who had a resurgence at that time, uh, Ed Sprague, and uh, Pat Borders. Borders, yeah. You know, and those those are your, your bottom three. And I think it's really boils down to how you use the fringe um, for success. So I would say, yeah, people played up to their potential and management made the right decisions on who to put forward. We're really on the same page there, focusing on things as a whole. I've wanted that bottom third of the lineup to be Varsho, Witt, and Kiermaier the, the, this entire time, Blue Jays Dad. You know you've been around Blue Jay baseball for a long time. Blue Jays Dad, I, I think you'd say that's not even hyperbole. That's not even an exaggeration. If I were to say to you that Varsho, Witt, and Kiermaier at the bottom of this Blue Jay lineup, it would be the most dynamic base running at the bottom of any Blue Jay lineup in this. I'm, t- I'm, I'm literally saying Blue Jays Dad in franchise history. Well, it's, it's a brand new ball game at the bottom of your order, right? It, it's a whole nother component if you have that running game. And I think Whit Merrifield has shown that I, I was a proponent, a big uh, supporter of him the whole season. I think he should have been front and center that they should have just gone with him to begin with. And, um, but you know, we'll, we'll see how things uh, come along. And then to your point, you get that bottom of the lineup going and, because I was the same everydayers will know when we talked about the Blue Jays at the beginning of the season. I said, listen, I love a lot of the moves that have that have happened, a lot of the flexibility, the defenses, improvements, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there is nothing that could be more meaningful for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays than Springer, Bo, and Vlad at the top of that lineup doing the heavy lifting. So if that bottom of the lineup is just turning it over with base runners on base, and to your point, these guys are hitting to their potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're talking big things there. Now, I I know that uh, you you're uh, you're in the majority here. A lot of Toronto Blue Jay fans uh, not not thrilled with the state of the bullpen. Well, my concern, Blue Jay Dad, is I just I mean, I, I, I really thought Kevin Biggio needed to do well. I thought Santiago Espinal needed to do well. The Richards, the Simbers, that as you say, the sort of the fringe guys. I, I felt that these guys needed to do well because other teams. Uh, I felt the Blue Jays needed other teams to have their interest peaked in some of these guys and be willing to trade some good back end of the bullpen guys. Everyone that we've mentioned there has fallen flat on their face. Richards has had his moments. That's maybe harsh for Richards, but everyone else, I mean, uh, uh, Biggio and Espinal clearly fallen flat on their face. I just don't see outside of a Ricky Tiedemann, who I, who I still hold out hope Blue Jays dad is going to be part of this bullpen in 2023. I'll tell you that right now, but I just don't see the pieces that can be moved for that for that big uh, back of the uh, of the bullpen piece where are you on the back of the ball i know you want improvements there blue jay data and i know you've been sitting around tossing and turning you know a uh, daydreaming about how, how they can get this done what route do you think the jays can go to improve this bullpen uh well i would just say that's why i was making a big stink about it back in january um, after so the, the, so the, 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 the time has come and passed already with the opportunity to improve the bullpen. Well, people were assuring me, Hey, Blue Jays dad, you know, we have an elite bullpen. We don't need any help. Everyone's awesome in there. Uh, we have four guys that can come in and get a save. Um, and, and my point was the Jays need one more back of the end elite swing and miss, uh, preferably hundred mile per hour bullpen arm to begin the season not 
but but people assured me, oh, we can get that at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And now when I'm seeing from those same voices on Twitter, oh, we don't have anything to trade. That's what I'm now, concerned with. Yeah. And so th- that's where it goes back to me, where it's not like I am not down on anybody in the Jays bullpen. I think they're all good in certain ways and in certain places. They're all made better when you add one elite arm. And that's where I think it was a failure of the Jays in the offseason um, to to um, to get that. And um, now we're at that place where everyone realizes we do need the help. Coming up on Locked on Blue Jays with guest Blue Jays Dad, we'll continue to deep dive this weekend's Blue Jays at Twin Series. But first, I wanted to mention that with the weather improving, becoming shorts weather, yes, I have some new favorite shorts I wanted to talk to you about, bird dogs. Number one, the fit. I, I look great. I, I feel I, I feel like, honestly, I feel like I look better. And, and I'll tell you, I feel great wearing my bird dog shorts. The comfort, their stretchy fabric makes my legs look great. And they're comfier than my other shorts and pants. They've already become, I've got two pairs. They've become number one and number two in my rotation already for shorts. And the versatility. Give me a great freedom to wear one, one pair of shorts to, on the golf course, to a meeting, a date, hanging out with friends. You name it, these Bird Dog shorts and pants are going to travel with you. They're going to look great, and they're going to feel great. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB, and when you enter the promo code LockedOnMLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Can I show you? I've got mine. Let's turn our attention to this weekend series, Blue Jays, in, in your town, in, in Minnesota. The, let, let's set the stage here. The the overall series between Blue Jays and Twins, completely dominated by the Blue Jays. The, in the 70s, of course, Blue Jays were the expansion team. I, I think they only won six of the 32 games they played against Minnesota. Minnesota smashed them like, like everybody smashed the Blue Jays in the 70s. But since then, let me put it this way. The overall record is 231 and 184 for the Blue Jays. So it, it, it's been absolute domination. Um, certainly... We're talking regular season Blue Jay dad, right? Like you and I are old enough to remember that 91 playoff series where Minnesota just unceremoniously dispatched the Toronto Blue Jays four games to one. Yeah, we're not we're not, we're not talking about that. Now, the last time the Blue Jays lost the series in Minnesota was all the way back in 2015. There, there, there's been a few four game series where they split, but I'm still going to take that Blue Jays dad as the road team. I'm still going to take that split. I'm still going to be happy with that. Now, very ironically, this this last well, I shouldn't put it in quotes because they are the last place, but they're not your, the Jays aren't your typical last place team. You know, ironically, the last place Blue Jays have a better record than the first place in the AL Central Minnesota Twins, right? Uh, Blue Jays eight and two versus the Minnesota Twins, and and the Twins just a titch over uh, five hundred. They've been good, but probably probably safe to say not great at home. We're, we're going to look at the, the specific pitching matchups in, in a minute here, Blue Jay Dad, but just just sort of. A general there, you're you're knee deep in in the midst of that Minnesota Twins fan base. What what are they seeing so far, or what are you seeing from this Twins team so far? What are the I know they're 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 just pitching a storm. My gosh, the pitching has been fantastic. So I'm not looking forward to that this week. And again, we'll get into that in a moment here. But what are you looking for out of this series from from your Toronto Blue Jays this weekend? I mean, I'm always hoping for a sweep, and I got to check the target field rules to see if I can bring a broom, if our family can bring nice. uh, brooms <laughs> there on Sunday. But, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think looking at the pitching matchups, obviously, you know, we I, I can, you know, we can time it. Now we we have them all announced, but I'm really happy to see uh, uh, Gosman and uh, I guess Brios is on the yep. last day, and then yep. who's uh, Manoa is on Saturday? I don't know. Uh, no, uh, Bassett, the Hound. The Hound is Bassett, on the mound. Right, yeah, yeah right, the Bassett. Hound is on the mound. Yeah. I'm happy to see those three starting pitchers. Those are my are my three favorite, and so I'm really excited uh, for that. 
I know that the Twins made a lot of improvements when it came to their pitching this year. They've really emphasized that. Um, I, I think a lot of it boils down to like what I hear from Twitter, Twins, Twins Twitter, and just the, my friends here is that Rocco Baldelli is is the wild card here when it comes to wow. the decisions that he makes. Um, in in the circle that I'm a part of, uh, you know, there's a lot of criticism of of him and uh and and his moves and so uh whether that was uh i, I hear he left sunny gray in too long yesterday i think something happened there mm-hmm. um and and so uh yeah i, I think that that's going to be the in-game management for the twins um and uh you know they're not the uh, the offensive threat they were before um they're also they're not stealing bases like the rest of the league is so that's some good ah. news um where they just have refused to take advantage of you know whatever has all happened with the pitch clock and bigger bases that have caused uh, the running game uh, to uh, increase significantly in the league. They haven't done that. So I think the Jays have um, a lot of ways they can beat the twins and the twins don't have a lot of ways they can beat the Jays, but obviously the twins can play their game and they can come out on top. I really like the way you put that there. Yeah. This, uh, this twins pitching, I mean, in the American League, only Seattle has allowed fewer home runs. Uh, they're they're either number one or number two, and Tampa's the other one, the one or the two, in so many pitching categories. Like this week, this seven-game road trip for the Toronto Blue Jays is a real deal. Not exactly the cure for what ails the offense. I, I know I say that. There was a 21, a 20-run explosion in there. Uh, I, I know, but... One thing I wanted to mention, talk to you about Blue Jays, that about the Twins' offense, because because again you're knee deep there. I was I'm trying to put myself, you know, what 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 uh, if that was Vlad or Bo, and I just because I didn't, you know, truly live it, I couldn't get all the way there. Now you were right in the middle of things there. I mean, Carlos Correa, it was just a known fact that that not not only was he gone from Minnesota, but was actively, you know, shopping his wares elsewhere, had actively wanted to be part of other teams, and then all of a sudden. He's back as a Minnesota twin. How does, how did that resonate? How did that land with the fan base? And and where is the fan base now? Because because not not exactly appeasing them with you know with, with a huge start. Well, the people that went uh, and bought a discounted Correa jersey at the Ooh. twin shop, they won. <laughs> yeah, there's a glass <laughs> half full. Yeah, <laughs> and um, but I you know and, and Correa right he he tried to sign two contracts Jeez. before going back to the Twins. And uh, I was so surprised uh, when they originally signed Correa to to that that shorter, really loaded contract um, when he didn't find any long term deals uh, a couple of off seasons ago. So it's a surprise to have him here, um, but I think uh, he fits in well to the culture. People like him. Yeah, the uh, here in the Midwest, uh, fans are going to be looking at him to to earn his his keep. And uh, from my perspective, it's he's really got to earn it on the front half of the contract because who knows what's going to happen when you get near to the end of the contract and his body starts breaking down. So I think it was a good deal for the twins to get. And uh, I think just like we saw Springer last night, um, you know, these guys will turn it around and uh, Mm -hmm. those kind of players, they ultimately lead their team. And as they go, the rest of the team goes. And so, um, yeah, I, I've seen criticism, but I've also, I, I think he's a good ad for the club and they definitely need that offense that he can provide. Never thought of that discounted jersey. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. No, that's brilliant. Oh, I love that. I love that. And finding these silver linings here, finding these glass half fulls. I love that. And that, that's a good one. As somebody who enjoys jerseys myself, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> 
Now, Kevin Gosman on the mound tonight, um, he's he's been feast or famine versus the Twins. It hasn't really been in between. He's been completely dominant or the Twins have, have rocked him. I, I remember, if you take your mind's eye back to last season, Gosman faced the Twins twice, uh, was rocked at Rogers Center, and and he did the rocking when he faced them at, at Target Field. Now, the, the Twins have had some roster shakeups, sure, but the, the of the current Twins, uh, the, the they're hitting just 206 of uh, versus uh, Gosman uh, the some some prominent twins you got Buxton speaking of Correa and Joey Gallo new prominent twin Joey Gallo they're a combined three for 24 versus Kevin Gosman now you have uh, Louis Varland on the mound for for Minnesota now hard thrower and uh, when he's on he's a ground ball machine now I, Blue Jays that on, on the surface uh, you, you get concerned with guys like Louis because you know full well you're, you're you're a Blue Jay fan from from years and years and years the 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 pitchers making their, you know, fifth, sixth, first, like early on in their careers, always rock the Blue Jays. Like, and I don't know if that's just we notice it because we're part of this fan base, but it seems that the Blue Jays always have problems with these teams. But but I see Louis like 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 a, like a Taj Bradley, a, a Taj Bradley that that they faced uh, in Tampa the other day. The inexperienced, yes, you know, has good secondary stuff. So Blue Jays usually do poorly against that, but they really do poorly against new pitchers who who who's off speed who who lead with their off speed stuff. Bradley leads with the fastball. It got dealt with. Louie will lead with the fastball. I think it could get, get dealt with on, on uh, tonight by this Blue Jay team. What are you looking for tonight, uh, Gosman versus Louie now? And, and in particular, if, if you want to talk about what have you seen from Gosman, because Blue Jays, you, you look at the contracts that went for free agent pitchers this last offseason, like aren't we really, really lucky to have landed Gosman when we did? What are your thoughts on Gosman and the matchup tonight? I think Kevin Gosman is the ace of the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah pitching staff and as much as we've tried to put other people there uh, whether Manoa or uh, Kikuchi um, Barrios was the opening day starter last season same idea Blue Jay dad exactly and just side note my favorite pitcher is Jose Barrios nice um, but if we're going to talk about him a bit later we are absolutely absolutely okay. so but uh, Kevin Gosman is the ace and uh, watching him pitch this year and not getting the run support and you know going so long into the game and then not getting a decision it shows me how Dave Steeb ended wow. with a 14 and 13 record wow. in 1985, leading the league in ERA with a two point. Was it three eight or four eight? And he had 19 complete I, games, Blue Jay Dad. 19 complete <laughs> games, like holy, yeah. holy moly! And, and that, and Dave Steeb did that on a club with 99 wins. Okay, 99 and 62. They only played 161 that year. Dave Steeb had 13 losses. Like. Imagine if he just got a bit of run support, but Kevin Gosman is the Dave Steeb of this staff today. And uh, every time he goes to the mound, I think we can have confidence. And, um, you know, uh, once again, I think the key for the Jays hitters versus any type of pitching is to, you know, the Cito Gaston approach. I'm still into that. And that is have a plan when you go to the yes. place, have that pitch in your mind that you want in the location you want. And then when you see it, rip it, grip it and rip it. Um, where I think where we've seen hitters struggle so far is when they're chasing out of the zone. My youngest kids, I have five kids. Um, uh, they're uh, four of the five are adults now, but the, the younger ones still talk about how when they were little kids, they remember Brett Laurie swinging and missing and all of the outside and down and away breaking balls. Wow. <laughs> That's their memory wow. of Brett Laurie as a kid. And they're like, when they see other people do it, they're like, being like Brett Laurie, like we got to lay off that stuff. And I know I'm going off here, but I'll just say no. this. The difference in Edwin Encarnacion's career. I don't know if you remember watching his sure. career evolve with the Jays, but 
when did he become elite? When did he get hit that second gear in his career? It's when he learned to lay off that low and away breaking ball. He stopped. He just cut that corner of the plate off. And I think when Jays can, uh, the Blue Jays can approach any pitcher with that perspective of just, I'm going to look for my pitch and I'm going to rip it. You, 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 that was Teoscar Hernandez's journey with the Toronto Blue Jays. When, when he started to lay off that pitch and force the pitchers in the strike zone, he became an absolute beast, an absolute monster. Yeah, and I love what you're saying about Gosman as well. Man, he's just been so fun to watch. We're, we're, we're pretty lucky there. I mean, he's his, his splitter is one of the elite pitches in all of baseball. We get to see it every fifth day. And I really like the point as well about, you know, geez, I mean, in retrospect, it looks like they've kind of tried to force feed people ahead of Gosman. Really, I could see what the Blue Jays were trying along the way. But yet, Gosman, between the ears, it's never mattered. Has a Blue Jays dad? He, he's never taken it one way or the other. He's not, if, if, if he's the, you know, the, the one or the, t- you, you name it, whatever it is. What day am I on the mound? Now I know what day I need to be prepared. I need my four days between. He's such a, such a professional pitcher. I'm such a fan of this guy. Coming up on Locked On Blue Jays, more with Blue Jays' dad as we're deep diving, getting set for this weekend's pitching matchups, Chris Bassett and on Sunday, Jose Barrios. Now first, try it for 30 days, just enough time to try it and then forget it, right? Well, in fact, over 80% of people have subscriptions they have forgot about, and you may be wasting money and not even realizing it. Well, Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for the ones you don't use. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most people think they're spending around $80 a month on subscriptions. The actual number is is likely closer to $200. And if you don't know the exact amount of how much you're spending each month, then you need rocket money. Rising prices stressing you out or if you're looking for ways to cut costs, you need rocket money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have for script subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them, like that Stars app just to watch that one show or that free gaming trial, right, that you never really actually used. Well, Rocket Money will quickly and easily find the subscriptions for you, and you don't, and the ones you don't want to pay for anymore, you just hit cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel them for you. Yes, that easy. Rocket Money can also help you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and you get alerted if anything looks off. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 per year. Stop throwing away your money. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmlb. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmlb. This guy's, speaking of a professional pitcher and such a fan of this guy, about Saturday's starter? You got the hound on the mound on Saturday, Chris Bassett. Ever since whatever the heck that was in St. Louis, his first start, ever since then, he has been excellent. I, I, I've been been so impressed with Chris Bassett. What I thought about Bassett coming in to the season is that I was always a fan of his because he just seems very professional to me, Blue Jays' dad. Whatever the, the the legitimate routine is between the time you start and then you're, you know you got your four days off, then you start again, whatever's legit work to put in to be prepared during those four days – Chris Bassett, might, he, he's, he's written the book on whatever that is. I just find him to be very professional, always ready to take the ball, always prepared to pitch against uh, uh, that night's or, 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 or that day's uh, uh, opponent. Now, he goes up against Pablo Lopez. Like, holy moly. Well, coming into the season, I don't think we our, our eyes would have been bugging out. Oh, look at this pitching matchup. But the way these two are pitching this season, my eyes are bugging out. Now, as far as Bassett, you, you know, we talked about Gallo and, and Correa struggling against Gosman. Well, it's the opposite 
against Bassett. They've owned Bassett. Uh, nine for 26. That's a 346 average. There's doubles in there. There's multiple home runs in there. So we will have to watch those matchups. But the that uh, Luis Arias for Pablo Lopez trade, you had a front row seat for that, Blue Jays. Dad, you're, you're, you're right in Minnesota. And this Arias, obviously, as we know, is a hitting machine. So he wasn't about to be traded for someone that Minnesota had their fingers crossed might be able to work out. He was going to be traded for someone who they knew was going to be an absolute stud. And it really seems to me, and, and, and this Twins team, by the way, three and one at Target Field with Lopez on the mound. I mean, he seems to me, Blue Jays, Dad, you're right there. You tell us. But he seems like he's been as advertised. He has, and it was a difficult decision, uh, obviously, for the Minnesota Twins organization. And when the fan base saw it happen here of trading away the AL batting champion uh, for a pitcher and, uh, you know, trading at uh, greatest value uh, for a pitcher that still was had a number of years of, con- of team control. And I think when you make a deal like that, I just think it's always the right deal when you can get a stud starting mm-hmm. pitcher. Uh, even if it costs you, um, you know, a, a bat that way, and so I think that the Twins uh, fan base here that I'm a, that I'm around almost said that I'm a part of, but I'm around yeah. um, that uh, you know they they um, they're sad to have seen their batting champion go, and they're happy to see him succeed with Miami right now. Um, on the other side, uh, you know, adding another uh, great pitcher, excellent pitcher to their starting staff has really been a huge add here. Uh, for the team. So there's that general consensus that it was the right move, even though it was a difficult one. I got to agree. I mean, I think if Minnesota is going to make noise, it has to be, even with Arias there, that was never, I don't think it was ever an opportunity for, for a top tier offense, but you bring in Lopez, you pair him with Ryan and, 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 uh, and, and, and uh, Sonny Gray, some of the things you guys got uh, going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys, I'm putting you in the Minnesota fan base as well, Blue Jays, but you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You're my second favorite team. When I live in go. the Pacific hey. Northwest, the Mariners are my second favorite team. Fair enough. Absolutely. Fair enough. Now on Sunday, a, a homecoming of sorts uh, for Jose Barrios, you know, longtime Minnesota twin, obviously. Now, this would be his third start as a Blue Jay in Minnesota. He he pitched there in 2021 uh, after being acquired by the Blue Jays. Absolute gem. Now, he faced Minnesota twice last season, and he was the opposite of Gosman. Gosman smashed Minnesota in Minnesota, but Minnesota smashed Gosman in Toronto. It was the other way around. The uh, uh, Barrios really dominant against Minnesota at the Rogers Center last season, but in the start at Target Field, and I can't say it was nerves or anything like that, Blue Jay Dad, because again, that would have been his second time back to Minnesota. All the pomp and circumstances and the hoopla and everything would have happened already. So I'm not sure what happened uh, that second time around, but the what are you looking for? First of all, you said you're a big Jose Barrios fan, so you can touch on that, of course, as well, what you like about Barrios. But what are you looking for in this matchup on Sunday? What are you expecting to see from a rapidly improving Jose Barrios? Well, I think every time he comes to uh, Minneapolis and plays in front of the home crowd here at Target Field, it's emotional. It just mm. is. The fans respond really well. Actually, uh, one fan that I'm um, connected with on Twitter uh, found me at the game uh, when Barrios was pitching and, and actually gave me a giveaway Jose Barrios t-shirt twins version that he wow. had a few years earlier. Very cool. And, and then he also gave me this uh autographed baseball by the 1993 world series blue jays from spring training can you believe it anyway no. uh no it was just such a gift and wow so great but anyway uh the, the fans still love jose barrios uh w- when they hear that he doesn't go- do too well they're like oh that's jose you know he'll he'll get he'll have those games <laughs> um but I, so i think there is still that emotional 
mental psychological aspect when he pitches here. Um, obviously, that, that'll get less and less as time goes on. Um, but Jose Barrios, um, I why I like him is well, number one, you sometimes have have players that you like watching play, right? Yeah. It's not about the stats and yep. baseball savant and all this stuff. It's it's about the player, how the player handles himself on their feet on the field, the personality, just their style. And I really like Jose Barrios. He's just my favorite pitcher on the Jays right now. <laughs> and I also like that he the stuff that he throws when his stuff is working. I don't know. And next to Gosman's uh, uh, split finger, you know what? What else? Who, who has better stuff on the club? And I, I just think that he's got a lot of movement, uh, you know, reminiscent of Roy Halladay in different directions that he can do. Um, unfortunately, just some games, he just seems to not have it. And um, when he makes mistakes, people hit home runs. Um, so I, I'm expecting uh, his A game on Sunday. And um, I want to be, I, I, hopefully I'm entertained by just a, a, an A-plus Jose Barrio start. That will wrap up this week's Locked On Blue Jays episodes, Locked On Blue Jays podcast, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network and check out Sully on Locked On MLB. Reminder that all this weekend's games can be taken in on SiriusXM. Now, the last three weekends have been sweeps, two in favor of the Blue Jays, and then, of course, last weekend swept away by the Baltimore Orioles. So here's hoping you have a great weekend, and it is filled with nothing but, or at least two out of three, right, of Toronto Blue Jay victories. <laughs>